love you well, who can serve you, uh, who can celebrate with you, who can point you back to Jesus. Um, I desire this for all of us uh, this morning. Um, I know that uh, our favorite sports team should not dictate how we feel, but it's always good when your favorite team beats your least favorite team. And so I'm feeling good this morning. I hope you are too. Um, if you're not a part of this family, uh, we would love you to be. You know, this is a thing often said in churches, especially in our area. Like, we'd love for you to be a part of this family. Come sign the card in the back. We don't have any cards. We have people with faces uh, and mouths to talk to. Um, but we really, truly would love for you to be a part of this family. Um, not to find a home here in this building, um, not this Sunday morning gathering, but rather a family who is with you every day of the week, wherever you are, um, not just tied down here in this room. So if you're fairly new to the crossing, uh, today is a great day to be here. Every day is a great day um, to be here. But today we get to dive into what it means to be a church uh, made up of missional communities. Uh, and we would love for you, uh, if, if you're new or you just haven't moved into that uh, part of our church yet, you're still kind of just easing into being part of the Sunday morning gathering, that's, that's great. If you're your first time here, fantastic. Um, but we would love for you to get connected with any of our missional communities. And, and I'm going to get into what that means uh, today. Uh, this is for um, those of you who are new, who have never heard the word missional community, have no idea what that is, and those who have been with us for a while um, uh, and, and, and still um, find it hard to see how we can do this as a church in these missional communities. Um, it's just a great refresher, I think. Uh, but before we do that, we do want to pray uh, for the church, we're going to pray for our cities here, and we do want to pray for the unreached uh, and those that we have sent, those we are supporting, um, and even those who we don't know uh, but are still um, uh, reaching these people who are lost, uh, reaching, attempting everything they can to reach these unreached. Uh, so we're going to pray for those groups for us uh, today. And so, if you will, pray with me. Father, we love you. And we worship you for who you are today. I pray that you open our eyes to see more of you in the light of this glorious vision of who you are. Help us see and become who, we're call, who you're calling us to be uh, as your children, as uh, family, as servants, as missionaries, God. Uh, I pray that you show us that, open our eyes to that. Uh, please do that this morning. God, thank you for surrounding us with brothers and sisters across this region the Crossing Church and church like Fair Park, we all need your wisdom. I pray that you empower and guide your leaders, pastors, elders, deacons, other staff, small group, mission community leaders. Your word tells us to ask for this wisdom, and you're going to give it generously. We want to saturate this region with the gospel so that every man, woman, and child would have an encounter with one of your children, that gospel conversations would happen, new relationships begin. God, we know that we are not the church in Monroe, West Monroe. The Crossing Church is not the church. You know, the church is made up of groups, God. So I pray that you bless churches like Fair Park, especially this week as they host uh, perspectives, this intro to perspectives. God, I pray that you let this preview event be successful in recruiting future sent ones, those who are hungry to live sent lives, God. I pray that you would place them in groups, place them with people, surround them with a loving community, and send them to the unreached, God. Send from among us these gospel co-laborers, God, um, as we partner with organizations like A29 in the States, GSI, 
among the unreached God. We look forward to the day that there will be no such thing as unreached people groups, God. We know that around the throne there will be worshipers from the Wanchi, the Ache, the Bamai, Bonin, Tongren, Tibetan, Jone, Laz, the Zaza, and the Mandar people groups, God. We long for that day, but we know workers must be sent. We know that is true. So God, we pray that you send workers from all over the global church, from here in our church, from Monroe, West Monroe, uh, from all over the world, God. Send workers to these unreached people groups. We need your help to send well, God. I pray that you keep our PAC team engaged and leading us as a whole uh, toward faithful prayer and, and servitude for the V family, God. Let this team advocate on the behalf of the V family to encourage us to be a voice among the broader church, raising awareness for the Wanchi people. Give the whole family patience as they wait daily for the arrival of baby Abel, God. We can't wait to see photos, rejoice with them, cry happy tears, cry sad tears because we can't be there with them. God, I pray that you keep them focused on you and us focused on them. You have been so faithful uh, in caring for your sent ones. Thank you for connecting us with the T family and for healing their team. Thank you for answering prayers, for blessing them with visitors to help their outreaches, continue to bless their gatherings, and, and places like the AJ Cafe as they minister among Turkish Muslims, God. God, we pray that you bless Monroe, bless West Monroe, the leaders, schools, hospitals, public servants, churches. Now, we enjoy many blessings, but we desire to become a blessing such as people move to this area from other parts of the world. They get a taste of your kingdom when they come to Washtenaw Parish. When we are tempted to complain, move us to prayer. When division and contention arise, make us peacemakers. Unify your church and lead us in every area of public life, empowered to be ambassadors and servants pointing to you, proclaiming your goodness and word and deed, God. Please unify the church in Monroe, West Monroe. Let us hear your word today. Continue to worship you the reading and hearing of this sermon, God. I pray that above all, it is you, that I am simply a mouthpiece to proclaim this truth of our identity in you, our gospel identities, that we have been made family, we've been made servants because we've been served and we are missionaries filled with the Holy Spirit, God. Let that relay as easily as possible. God, I pray that you change our hearts today. Uh, let us see, let us grow desperate for those who don't know you. And let us see that we are the workers. We are called to do this work, to be with us today. And I love you and thank you that, that all this is, is possible, that we can go to you so easily because of your son. Amen. All right, so... We're going to be in Galatians 3 shortly toward the end um, to get a foundation uh, of, of what we're going to get into with mission communities. Uh, but first, um, this sermon is going to be three parts, pretty much. Uh, and as a speech teacher, you have to listen to me about speeches now. Um, as a speech teacher, I know that if I tell you, hey, this is what we're going to get into, and then I tell you what we're, we're doing, and then I remind you about what we did, that it's way easier to remember that. So... Uh, first, I want to tell you a story uh, about the kind of introduction for me into what mission communities are. It's the same introduction into uh, what the Crossing Church was going to be in 2013-14. Um, and then I want to get into Galatians um, and see our identity, our gospel identities, family, servant, missionaries. If you've ever looked at our website, you've probably seen it there. If you've been a part of this for a little bit longer, you probably heard it. Uh, but if you're new, perfect, perfect day to come. Uh, I want to get into who we are because of what God has done for us. And then in the end, I want to get really practical 
Um, I, I, I don't love just full practical sermons because I'm like, man, where's the gospel at? Uh, but I know that without the practical, without the, all right, now let's go and do this, that sometimes we're just left like, okay, what do we do now? And so I want to end today with practical thinking for you, especially those who are part of MCs, to take back to your mission communities to dream, to discuss, to plan based on our identities in Christ. And for those who are not a part of MCs, I pray, I hope that this will encourage you, this will excite you to be a part of an MC about kingdom work. I pray that is you today. So first, story time. The year was 2013. I was in my junior year at ULM. I had started hanging out with a local youth pastor in the area. It started by meeting him at our dollar lunch that was called 1201 at the time. We lost the name. Uh, it was a cool name. Now it's just BCM lunch, I guess. Still a dollar. If you're on campus, go eat uh, lunch at the BCM on Wednesdays. Um, started, I met him there. I started asking him deep theological questions because you're, when you're in college and especially you're just a guy, you're like, all right, well, this is going to be my identity now. I'm going to be the guy who knows a lot of stuff. Instead of having a personality, I just learned a lot of stuff. Um, and so asking him deep theological questions through Facebook Messenger. <laughs> I, don't, I remember that really well. I didn't have his number at the time. Uh, we eventually started meeting over coffee. Um, he asked if I'd help lead a D now at some point uh, at his church. Uh, and that spring, I knew he was going to be looking for a summer intern uh, for his youth to go on their trip to help plan, to help teach. And I knew that he was going to ask me for sure. Uh, and I wasn't, I mean, I, he eventually told me he was, uh, but I knew it. I had been a part of a church in the area for the last two years at that time since we came here, since me and Chan moved here. Um, we were dating at the time, and then, long story, never mind. Um, we've been a part of a church for two years, um, the college ministry. I've been started working in the children's department of that church, but th something started happening, uh, and I reached a point where I knew I wasn't going to be a part of that church anymore. And I'd love to say that I was looking for a new community of believers to invest in and to be on mission with, but no, uh, I, I was still looking at church as an institution. It was a job in my eyes. It was, well, I got to work at a church for a little bit, then go to seminary, and then I have all this experience, seminary, and then I get paid to be a pastor. Like, what a sweet gig. I got to sit in the office all day and write sermons. Um, it didn't happen like that. Uh, I'm in a classroom every day, and then I get to prepare sermons after school. Um, but anyway, my, my view of church was so off. It was so off. So I meet with this local youth pastor at Chick-fil-A uh, one day that spring semester. Uh, we shoot the bull. Uh, we talk about how our weeks have gone. And then eventually he says he wants to ask me something. I'm like, yes, here we go. Finally, I'm going to have a summer job that consists of hanging out with some teenagers all summer. And this awesome youth pastor that I've grown to really love and really look up to as a mentor and then he tells me that he is leaving his church. He's not going to be the youth pastor there anymore. And I'm like, dang, I've got to find a real job now. I can't do the youth intern thing. It's going to be hard. But then he tells me the reason he's leaving the church. And he worked for there a couple of years. Um, but then he cast this vision of a church made up of groups called missional communities, how they were going to move away from the idea of the church being so wrapped up in a building and events around that building on Sundays and Wednesdays. Rather, he asked the question, what if the church was instead made up of everyday people living everyday life together in these mission communities? And that was the focus. Rather than the Sunday morning being the focus, what if our community groups, whatever we call them, are the focus? 
He asked me to pray about joining this core group um, that he and two other guys were prayerfully gathering at the time. I, I may have prayed. Uh, I don't really, but I was in. I was as soon as he was just casting this vision, I was like, uh, I mean, I'm going to pray, but like, I'm in. Like, this is, it was so beautiful of what he was proclaiming to me. I was in, and I'm still convinced that this is the way the local church should be formed in America today. I'm, I'm still convinced of this. I go back to my uh, room in the BCM, my roommate's there. Uh, I tell them, like, I'm going to be a part of this cool church plan. Look at me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then one, one my roommate was like, that's dumb, man. Why are you planting a church in Monroe? And then he plants the well, uh, Larice. Uh, and so, anyway, cool story about him. Uh, so, we can call it whatever we want. Mission communities, community groups, discipleship groups, D groups, whatever it is. But breaking out of this Sunday, Wednesday routine, and instead of seeing the church as a people, send out a mission in our communities together. Like, what if that was truth? What if, if that was the church? So what I didn't know at the time uh, was that Kendrick, uh, a lot of you have no idea who Kendrick is, and that's really sad. Um, we sent Kendrick out with the group to Oak Cliff. Um, they are there. I'm going to cry. I'm gonna, I miss them a lot. Uh, they are there loving Jesus, loving each other, and serving their community well. Uh, but what I didn't know was Kendrick at the time was preparing and instilling some things that he knew would be key to who the crossing would be, who we would strive to be well before that lunch meeting. He helped me see who we were called to be as a church, and, and I started to move away from the idea of this very, very shallow view of what church was going to be, whether it was a job or whether it was just a Sunday morning gathering and then I go back and do whatever I needed to do. Even before that Chick-fil-A meeting, he was already doing that, that's discipleship. And we're going to get into more of what that looks like next week when we talk about um, our DNA groups. Um, so come back next week for your DNA. Uh, we'll get more on that one-on-one, -on -one, what discipleship looks like. But today, mission communities. And so I want to walk through those identities with you today, how those identities play out in our mission communities. Because over the next few months, that was 2013, over the next few months and in 2014, we casting vision. We were having meetings uh, about the Crossing Church. I met the Hawthorns. It was like minus three at the time, and the oldest ones were like, I don't know, 10. It's crazy. We're getting old. Um, and, and I was just telling Jared uh, in the back, um, I didn't write this down, um, that at those meetings, we had them at the BCM. It's torn down now, the old BCM. Uh, I can look at this group now, and of, of those meetings, there are, I don't know, uh, yeah, five people. No. No, there's five. Six. Me and the oldest Hawthorns, including Jared and Jennifer. Um, so part of me is like, man, like, we lost a lot of people. <laughs> this is crazy. But then I'm like, oh, we're doing something. We're good because you guys are here. All right? And if this keeps happening and you guys keep leaving and I get new people, I don't know if I'm able to survive. So stick around a little bit. Um, but at the time, we were instilling what the Crossing Church should be. Uh, and, and over the years, we've kind of got away from all these sayings we have and all the dry erase board stuff, the videos. I love them. They're great. Uh, we've got away from that because we started seeing that we were naturally doing these things without really having to say it. Um, but I think today it's really, really good, especially for those who have not really got into these identities with us, um, but also a refresher uh, for those who already have. So we're in Galatians 3. We're going to start in 27. And we're going to go to chapter 4. Um, usually love the way the, the Bible is kind of laid out. These chapters that weren't originally there. 
today I'd feel like it's silly. Like, why don't we go to chapter 4? It was already good. I don't know. Anyway, so Galatians 3, starting in 27. Paul says, For those of you who are baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. There is no Jew, no Greek, no slave or free, male and female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Now, I say that as long as the heir is a child, he differs in no way from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. Instead, he is under the guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were in slavery under the elements of the world. Now, here's where we get into our identities. Just listen and read over what God has done for us. And that's how we're getting to our identities. Verse 4, when the time came to completion, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then God has made you an heir. So if you didn't catch it, three things that happened to us in that passage and keyword on like happened to us. We absolutely did absolutely nothing to make these things happen. But the grace of God the Father, he does these things for us. And those give us these new identities. First, even though we are full of sin, we are children of wrath, he sends his perfect son for us to be the ultimate sacrifice on the cross for our sin. That propitiation, he does that for us. He sends Jesus for us. Jesus dies on the cross to serve us, even though we don't deserve it. Because Christ has served us in the most unconditional way, we are now servants. We are now servants. By sending a son in our place, and then Jesus rising from the grave, ascending to heaven with the Father, he has not only defeated death for us, he has also sealed our adoptions, our adoption as sons and daughters of the King of Kings, and an inheritance comes with it. So rather than children of wrath, enemies of God, slaves of sin, because he sent Jesus to serve us, God has now made us family. And before he ascends, Jesus tells the disciples that his father is sending a helper. Acts 1 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we have received the same Holy Spirit who empowered Jesus to do everything he did. And for what? to be his witnesses, to proclaim the sweet truth of the gospel to those who have not experienced it as we have. We are empowered by the Spirit to go, therefore God has also made us missionaries. So, change the order up because someone thought it flowed a little better that way probably. There it is. We are family servant missionaries. We are a family of servant missionaries. The church, that is who we are. Because of what God has done for us, this is it. This is who we are every day, everywhere we go. We are loving as a family would love. We are serving as Christ has served us and proclaim the truth of the gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is who we are, family, servant, missionaries. In the Crossing Church that was planted in 2014, in the leadership today, we believe that the best way to see these identities played out into our lives is through missional communities. Call it whatever you want, again, but we believe this is the best way to see this. So along with our family, servant, missionary identities, there's also another idea that we focused on in the past that we've gotten away from because, again, we're seeing these things naturally play out. 
Uh, and these are rhythms of life that we partake in, our rhythms. Um, thinking about these rhythms as mission communities with an understanding of gospel identity, these should help us define what we're doing as MCs. So this is the, better get into the practical time. Uh, I want to walk through some of these rhythms with us. Just You can go ahead and move that next one, Jason. There you go. I'm going to walk through these rhythms, um, but before I do, uh, some reminders about who we are as MCs. Um, and I know number one, uh, a thing that, a trap that we kind of run into a lot, um, we must start uh, with who we are before we get to what we do. Uh, we must start with our identity before we get to the doing. Uh, some of us would love to meet in a home every week, share a meal, read the word together, get to know each other, play games, like for a year. I would love that. I would love to have you all over my house all the time. Just that's all we're doing, and we're ignoring all the bad stuff in the world, all right? Uh, and some of us, uh, I know some of you, I can point, um, some of us will be overwhelmed with anxiety after two weeks of just eating a meal together. We're trying to figure out what the group needs to be doing. Like, what are we doing? Why are we wasting time eating food together and caring about emotional and spiritual needs? I'm just like joking, but some of you would feel that anxiety, and that is why MCs will hopefully be made up of a diverse group of people with different gifts, different desires, all pointing back to and glorifying God, proclaiming the gospel. So we're working together, but if anything, the work, the doing, it is not a bad thing. Uh, but if we start with the work, if we start with the doing, if we start with the mission, with what we're doing, we will become so focused on the work that we become a service team with no intentionality of seeing others enjoy Jesus as we do. Uh, we must start with who we are in Christ because of what he's done for us. Allow the doing to flow from, flow out of our identity in Christ. If it's just doing, if it's just work, there's a lot of groups in the world, a lot of groups in Monroe who are not followers of Christ, who are very against Jesus, who would do a much better job of serving the community uh, than we do sometimes. Uh, and so what is our intentionality? It comes from our identity in Christ. Um, second thing, other thing is important to bring up. We talk about what MCs can be. Um, there is no perfect blueprint for what a mission community should be. We have lots of tools like our identities in Christ, family service missionaries, our rhythms. Uh, we have lots of tools to help cast vision to help facilitate what an MC should be, uh, but um, it's all there to guide. It's not there to determine. We ran into this issue early on in the crossing. We got to read and hear about a lot of stories of what Soma Tacoma, Jeff Vanderschel, if you've heard of him, was doing in Washington. We just assumed that it was like plug and play. Uh, if, if it works up there in the Northwest, uh, then Monroe can't be that much different than Seattle. Uh, it turns out it's a bit different. Uh, it's a little different than Seattle. I found that out. Um, but what we were doing was putting unintentional pressure on our MCs to mimic what we were seeing in other churches. Other, other churches were doing these things really well. There was awesome inspirational stories about what these SOMA churches were doing. We're like, we want to see that happen here. It wasn't a bad thing. We want to see that happen here. But we were putting all this pressure on us to be something that we should not have been. Our MCs, your MC, thinking about your people right now that meet in a home on Wednesdays, Saturdays, that go out and play 
games together, go out and bowl, whatever it is, like your group, your MC needs to be whatever your MC needs to be. And that is probably the most unhelpful thing I've ever said. Your MC needs to be whatever your MC needs to be. But who is with you, your needs, your gifts, the mission, the community, the people on your hearts, all of that is going to work together to determine what your MC is. And even that is going to fluctuate and change over time. We were in Memphis um, 2020. What a year. Uh, 2020, uh, Memphis had a SOMA retreat. And uh, I got to meet Jeff Vanderstelt, me, Joseph, and Scott at the time. Uh, I got to sit across and eat barbecue with him. I've told this story before. Uh, and it was just a good time of him not being able to eat his food because he was talking so much. He was asking me questions. And he had to get a to-go box because he didn't eat anything. And then as he's leaving with this to-go box, he's like, hold on. Like, I got to say one more thing. Because he couldn't, like, help but, like, help us. And he's like, all the stuff that we did in Soma, all this stuff that we were, you know, these stories you're telling, like, like, that's not, like, what you have to do. And it was just like, well, I know that, but thank you, the guy who's been making me do all this stuff. He didn't make me do it. Um, but once we heard that, it was like a light bulb, like, Lord Monroe, like, we have a different group of people. We should still strive for the things that we're hearing about, we're seeing. But, like, we got to contextualize to what we're doing here. It was so relieving. Uh, and so we're going to fluctuate and change over time. Our MC recently walked through assessing what season of mission we've been in, uh, where we're headed. So yes, we're on mission all the time. There's never a season where we're just, uh, we're not going to do mission now. Uh, we are missionaries all the time, but if we think of life as an MC, the same as a farmer looks at his crop season, and I know a lot about farming, trust me, uh, we would see that there are times when you're getting the ground ready, you're plowing, you're tilling the ground, getting it ready, and there's times to plant, to water seeds, to cultivate that. And there's times to harvest the rewards of your labor. There's times to reap those rewards. Finally, you get the fruit. And then there are times to rest. There's times the ground is not ready. It is winter. Nothing's going to grow. So why don't you rest during that time? And so we all agree. We saw that we've been kind of in between resting and tilling over the summer. And we are ready. We are ready to start tilling and planting these seeds where we're dreaming, we're, we're planting we, we want to see our lost friends, our coworkers who are religious or go to church, kind of. We want to see them enjoy Jesus as we do. We're excited for that. Uh, and so we're, we're changing a little bit. Summer was a rest period. It was a great rest period. And now we want to move into more of a, all right, let's be intentional with what we're doing every day. Let's be on mission together. And so our rhythms, we want to focus on and, and use our identities to kind of filter through these things, or maybe the opposite way around. Um, bless, listen, eat, Sabbath, share. And then it spells bless. There you go. That's how you remember it. Um, bless, listen, eat, Sabbath, and share. So what I'd like to do is just walk through a couple of these rhythms in the light of each of our identities. Uh, and so how can we see this rhythm played out as family, as servants, as missionaries? And with these rhythms we're going to have overlapping. There's not just, well, this is in this category alone. If we were to have a newly married couple over for dinner to hear how they're doing in their marriage, uh, we're obviously eating. That's one. We're listening to each other. We're, uh, they're sharing with us their struggles. We're sharing our amazing marriage advice after seven years. Uh, oh, my, yeah, seven years. It's been a long, yeah. So we got so much wisdom that we're listening to each other. Uh, we're listening to the good and the bad. 
And it's probably a blessing to them, depending on where they are financially, to have a meal that's prepared for them, just given to them. All right, so those three overlap. Um, that's fine. And so the ones that I would like to look closely, to, uh, closely at, though, are eating and Sabbath or, or resting. So eating and resting. So eating, um, this is something that we can and are probably already doing often in our MCs. Um, and so how can we be intentional with our meals flowing from our gospel identity? And so number one, uh, if you're a part of an MC, you've, you've done this. Uh, family, how do we eat as a family? This is pretty simple. Uh, I think that most of us are already doing this, sharing a meal with your MC, like whatever that is. We do it once a week. I know the Western Row group does it every other week. I think of the DCFS every Saturday or so. You're sharing a meal, and, and, and that's it. If, if that is it, that is enough. But one thing that, that happens, it, it doesn't have to be a big feast. It doesn't have to be around this grand dining room table. Uh, but something happens when the group shares a meal together. And so on Wednesday nights for us, our gatherings uh, are something that restores me each week. I should be tapped out physically, emotionally from work or from whatever happened that day. But no matter what, I feel an excitement when I think about my family coming over for dinner. Whether I'm cooking or someone else is bringing over food, it's, it's still this excitement. Whether we're allowing everyone around the table to just rest uh, have a good night, uh, sharing funny stories about what happened at work, poking fun at whoever lost at fantasy football that week, making fun of opinions about movies and sequels. Uh, you can get into that uh, whenever. Um, they're bad opinions, but we can do all that stuff. We can laugh. We can enjoy each other. We can enjoy really good food and just rest and know that here I'm not going to be judged. I'm going to be loved well. I can just share who I am. I can be open I don't have to hide anything. I don't have to, like, just be a grout. I don't know, whatever. I can rest with my family. But also, what if we opened up more? Sometimes we have time to encourage one another at RMCs. You know, we have tough conversations about things that we don't completely agree on. We point our family back to Jesus because they're family. And so this is the simple one. This is why I picked it first. Right. Eat with your family. Eat with your family. Weekly, every other week, whatever it is, eat with your family. Um, it's really good. But what about servants? We, that's how we do it as family. But what about servants? How, do, how does eating kind of flow through our identity as servants? Um, what about taking a coworker out to dinner, serving them in that way? Having a neighbor and their family over for a meal, baking something for the new people in the neighborhood or at work. Meeting with that young college student who has zero money and like buying their coffee and just being a simple act of service. These are really, really simple things. And, and by themselves, they are just acts of service. But if this servitude with something as simple as food constantly flows out of us, someone has to start wondering something. Like Jesse's a school teacher. Why is he buying everybody's drinks when we go out? Like why is he doing that? Chandler's going to be so mad at him when she sees that on the credit card bill. Just kidding. Uh, we have been served. Everything we do, stacked up, all of our service in life, is going to fall completely short of what Christ has done for us. It, it, it is minuscule, nothing compared to what he's done for us. But what if we just work with what we have? 
And if my, my excuse is, well, I'm never going to live up to how Christ served me. That's dumb. What are we doing? How do we serve those around us with food? Buying food, cooking for people, it's something really easy. And again, something happens around that dinner table, around that Chick-fil-A table, that starting uh, seventh square table, whatever it is. Uh, something happens around those tables where you get to know each other, you don't know how you're going to love and serve one another. And then missionaries. How do we eat with intent as missionaries? What if we simply had one lost friend over for dinner once a month? I think that is something that a lot of us may be doing right now, and some of us have completely not thought about that at all. Using that dinner table once again to break down barriers, whether it is religious barriers, a lot of hurt, a lot of people putting walls up, whether it's language barriers, using that dinner table to just, everybody eats. People eat different things, but everybody eats. I cannot say, hey, Reed, let's go play basketball, because Reed's not going to play basketball, all right? But I'm like, hey, Reed, let's go eat Revival Pizza. We're going to eat Revival Pizza. Everybody eats, and so what if we invite our lost friends to our lives over meals? How do we get to know them well over a meal? See their needs, see their need for Jesus, and proclaim that truth into their lives. As an MC, you can dream big. And this is something, our identities and our rhythms, something that I think MCs, and this could be on me as like the MC elder, pastor, like we should be implementing every once in a while. Not doing, you can say whatever you want, you can word it however you want, but having these conversations about what are we doing, assessing what we're doing, and then where are we going? Like what are we dreaming about? So as an MC, you can dream big, have a Super Bowl party where your members of your MC, maybe MCs kind of group together, uh, provide all the food, like all the food, invite your lost coworkers, your lost classmates, your lost neighbors, and like say, don't bring anything to eat. We have plenty of food. Invite them over, and then don't turn off the halftime show to have a Bible study. Get to know them better. They are people. They're not projects. I heard Taylor Swift might be doing this halftime show, so that's going to be great in our house. All right, as an MC, you're called to be on mission together. You're called to be on mission together. So do not let your family, your family member, be the sole disciple maker of their lost coworker, of their lost classmate. We're in this together. So dream as an MC of a simple thing, just taking one of these, how can we take food and see our identities play out in a simple rhythm of eating? That's it. I want to quickly go through another one, uh, Sabbath, resting. Uh, this is, again, uh, really simple, uh, one that uh, if, if we are too busy, we're not going to take time to think about. Uh, but if we think about it, it's like, man, I could use some rest for sure. Uh, and one thing that I had to learn in college was rest is not just sitting on the couch and watching football uh, all afternoon. Uh, that is laziness, uh, and that is something that I struggle with. But resting in the presence of God, resting in the truth of the gospel, resting in our identities and who we are in Christ. How do we do that well? So let's walk through family service missionaries. Family, how do you rest well as a family? Uh, we have done in the past, I know other groups have too, um, just having a guy and girl night, uh, you know, once a month, twice a month, whatever it is. And so we got to celebrate Reed's birthday last week. Uh, that was our guy's night. And we went and ate pizza. Uh, we played a video game. And it was just a good time to rest together. So much resting. There was eating, so they're overlapping again. Our, our ladies uh, went out and went bowling. Um, I heard that went really well. 
Um, <laughs> not really. Um, they got to rest and be with each other. Don't make that face, Gary. Um, they had to rest with each other, and it wasn't what they were doing. It was being together and resting, being with each other, and after a long day of work, after whatever you had to deal with, just being together as family. How are you resting? Another thing to dream big on, like one thing that I have joked about is going paintballing as a church. Like, leave the kids some with the grandparents, we're going paintballing. Like, that is the opposite of rest for some of you, like absolutely not. For me, I was like, man, I get to be with my family and have lots and lots of fun. Or if it's just a retreat with your MC, like taking a weekend, take the kids or leave the kids, whatever, and just taking a weekend to go somewhere, whether it's like a short distance, uh, some camp somewhere, or just taking a long trip, go to Austin, go to wherever else is closer, um, going there over a Saturday and being with family, eating good food, hanging out, always get back to eat, sorry. Um, dream big on those things. What about serving? How do you serve when you think of Sabbathing? Um, uh, our guys and girls nights, it is, okay, uh, if it's ladies night, guys, you got the kids. This week turned into the guys came over and we had guys night again, but just with kids. It was kind of crazy. Um, but what about uh, serving your family by, hey, you guys have not had a night out in so long because of your kid, because of schoolwork, because of whatever else you got to do. Uh, what if we just take your kid or your kids one night and, and also, we, hey, here's a gift card to perish, whatever. Uh, how about we serve you in that way to allow you to rest? Not going to be restful at our house for sure, but how about we let you rest? How, we, how, how can we allow and serve each other in that way? And then missionaries, how do we Sabbath as missionaries? Again, this is, again, dreaming big, uh, but what if we just invite our lost friends into those times we're resting, inviting them to go eat, to go hang out, to go play games, to go bowl, inviting them on these retreats that we want to go on, inviting my lost friend at work to go paintballing, like whatever it is, inviting lost people into that rest, okay? One thing before I read uh, Acts chapter 2 uh, and kind of close out. Uh, there's a long time that uh, along with all the traps we were kind of falling into early on. Um, I was in college, and my mind was, uh, it was a, a single line. No, no thoughts anywhere else, just a single, single line all the time uh, as a young college boy. Um, and I was just so strong on this idea that, like, our mission is the thing we're doing. So our MC early on uh, at the Banks house was Jack Hayes Elementary. Uh, we would go open car doors for them in the car line every morning, uh, hey, how you doing? Close the door. We would host block parties there. Uh, we would we painted the playground equipment. Uh, a couple of us were mentors to the kids. Like it was like this is it. We're doing it. We're on mission together. This is awesome. And we were burnt out. And eventually, I, I realized that the mission is not the people you're going after. Like that that group we're helping out. That the the group of uh, the DCF workers. Like. That's not your mission, okay? Your mission is everywhere. And so, whatever you're doing, like, helps facilitate your mission, okay? So, DCF workers, ULM, uh, your kids' football team, uh, your, my coworkers at school, my students uh, with speech and debate, like, that's not our mission. That's the people that we are on our hearts. We love them. We want them to know Jesus, 
Our mission is the other lost people in our lives that don't know Jesus, that we are really invested in. So we do these things. All the doing is just so, we want to see, again, we want to see them saved. We want to bring our lost friends along to eat, to bless, to rest, whatever it is. We want to bring our lost friends along with that so that they'll see, they'll experience it with us, like this is what being a disciple of Jesus means. Be restored by that. And it's not just serving, it's not just reading the Bible all the time and just like this is all we do is read, 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 never do. We're going to have that doing. We're going to be the people who want to bring those who don't know Jesus along with us so that they will enjoy Christ just like we do. And so thinking about that with your MC, I, I, I pray that the next time your MCs meet, that you would take time to maybe walk through these identities, walk through these rhythms, uh, but also remind yourselves that, number one, your MC is whatever your MC needs to be, however helpful that is, but also knowing that whatever you're focused on, whatever you are pointing to as, as a people group on your hearts, that all of you agree that, man, that we, we have some similarities with these people, like we want to be after them, like, yeah, like go after them, like love them, serve them, bless them well, feed them, whatever it is. But also know that the people in your neighborhood, the people in your community, the people at your job, the people in your class, like that is your mission field. And if you're ignoring all of them to just go and open car doors at an elementary school and paint stuff because this is going to save people, like we're ignoring lost people. And so I, I pray that you will think about that. Uh, as your MCs, knowing that we are family together. I think we do that really well. Um, when I am a part of MC gatherings or part of my MC gathering, we do family really well. Like, I love my family. I love you guys. Um, we serve pretty well. We, we, you know, get on that TCC needs and, hey, I need something. Sometimes they're ignored. I hope you're texted, maybe. Um, but I think we serve pretty well. Uh, and, and then we hit, hit this block where we, there's a lot of fears there's a lot of things in the way where we are not fully on mission daily. We have spurts. We have seasons where I'm more busy. I'm less busy. Now I can be on mission because I have summer break or whatever. Um, I pray that in all of life, we are, we are living out these rhythms, calling them whatever you want to call them. But we are living our identities as a family of servant missionaries. I pray that's who we are. I'm going to close out by reading Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. Uh, and I want to allow that time to just, uh, that scripture to lead us into a time of communion. And so um, this time right now, thinking on uh, your life, thinking about your MC, what you guys have done well, what you've done poorly, what you as an individual, maybe you've held back uh, from your MC, whatever that is, thinking on that, knowing, believing that if you are a child of the king, you're no longer that slave to sin. You're no longer a child of wrath. You're no longer an enemy you are a child of the king now. And with that comes so much good. You have been made a son of the king, a daughter of the king. You have been served by Christ. Um, and you've been filled with the same Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus. You have all these things now. And you also have grace and mercy. And so I'm going to read Acts 2, um, 42 to 47. And then just allow some time to just sit in the presence of God. Sit in that knowledge and that belief that we are his kids. And then when you're ready, uh, you come grab the elements, the bread, the juice, uh, go back to your seats, and I'll lead us in communion together before we sing some more and are sent out.
Uh, this is for any and all repentant baptized believers, members or not. I pray that you will come. Acts 2, 42-47. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. Many wonders and signs were being performed to the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property, distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Each day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. They broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. God, I pray you make us this church, uh, that we strive with everything to be this church, loving, serving, blessing, eating together, proclaiming the truth of the gospel. God, be with us now as we just have this time to run back to you, to run away from our sin, to be reminded of your grace and mercy. God, thank you for saving us. So be with us now uh, as we take communion and as we worship you uh, because of who we are. Amen.